This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm your host, Arum Galadima. Let's start the show. This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm excited today to bring you Oshone Igwambe. Uh, she is the CEO of Oaks and Olives Nigeria Limited. She's a pioneering force in the blooming field of healthy living. Her work as the juice lady exemplifies her doggedness and innovation. Uh, she began making juices about eight years ago from her mother's kitchen, after which uh, she has grown the business to about 50,000 bottles per year. Uh, the breakthrough period was obtaining the UN grant with a number of partners in 2011. All right, I've given just a very brief introduction, Oshone, and I was wondering if you can let the bandits get to know you a little bit better. Okay, um, so my name is Gwanabe Oshone again. Yeah. I, I'm known as as the juice lady mostly mm. the name came from going to offices and everybody just be like oh the juice lady is here so that's how we i sort of absorbed that name and mm -hmm. made it a brand built a brand around that um i actually studied estate management in the university of lagos then i worked the nine to five for two years but i realized that um, that wasn't what i wanted to do um, so I decided at the point to quit my job and start a business. I'm the oldest of, um, six kids. So it's really, mm. it was, it was really, um, a tough decision taking that risk, but I'm glad I did it at that time. And, um, I'm still here pushing. Nice. Huh. Well, so you said you quit your nine to five. Uh, so two questions. Did you have something lined up? And how did you know that you, uh, the nine to five life wasn't for you? Um, I'd never, even when I was in university, I'd never had that picture of sitting in an office all day, you know, pushing paper. So when I started work, it was, it was okay. Um, the thing to do immediately you finished university, but after a year, I, 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 I had a light bulb moment that this wasn't it wasn't for me. Mm. So it was it was difficult to get. I saw a problem actually while I started working. I saw a problem and I realized I could create a solution for it. So at that time, mm. it was difficult to get food. It was difficult to get anything healthy to eat around my office, and my office was on the island. Yeah. I live in Lagos State, Nigeria. Yeah. My office was on the island, and um, I thought to myself, I could actually start a business that supplies healthy meal options to corporate organizations, because there was really nothing like that at that point in time. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mulled over it for a long time. I didn't just get up and... and you know, go, I sat down, talked to a bunch of people about it. And I, I kept my job because it was paying the bills, I was getting the salary. But after a while, I got to a point where I was getting into depression because I felt like I wasn't doing anything. I stagnated at work. I wasn't learning anything new. I wasn't doing anything. And I had this burning desire. Mm. I was already cooking for my friends. My friends would have events. I would cook and, you know, do all of that. So it, it became a thing of, you already know how to do this. This is what you want to do. There's a need for it. Hmm. So um, that sort of pushed me to quit my job and then start off the adventure that I'm on now. Nice. I mean, that's that's never 
easy thing to do to be able to leave a sure thing you're getting a salary and leave it for something uh almost like leaving it up to chance yeah yes yes okay well so i mean we're going to get into a lot of the details of how you started but i first want to know what fires you up in the morning what is your morning routine and why is that routine so important to you um my the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I meditate. I'm a Christian and I believe that in everything I do I'm led. So I I pick up my Bible, which is a guide for me. I read my Bible, I meditate on the word of God. It also helps me boot. I call it booting. So when I wake mm. up I have to boot. Mm. It gives me clarity for my day. I would have um loaded myself with stuff because sometimes you wake up in a funny mood or you wake up not feeling you know all energetic and all of that but you read and you by the time you go through that meditation or go through that process you find that you feel better as the day progresses i also have a daughter i have an eight month old daughter so Mm. after that i spend time with her and seeing her every morning her angelic face her smile absolutely fires my day yeah well so you've you've been in business for eight years you said i mean how is i I, i'm sure you've gotten the hang of it a bit but i'm sure it's still uh added pressure having a kid and then also having uh a business because the business is essentially like having a kid sometimes um how, how do you balance that um, I'm still learning how to balance, <laughs> but I've got a lot of support mm. in the last year. I've, I think a lot of us take support for granted or we just don't want help. I realize I'm not super, I don't have superpowers. Mm. I need help. So when I do need that support, my family is there to support me. My husband is there to support me mm. so that I can um focus on what I need to focus on. If I need to focus on my baby and work has to be done, there's someone to and then having good staff, having good workers, people that help you with the job that you can count on is also an added advantage. Because there are days where I might not be able to even get into the factory at all or I have supplies I need to meet up with and I can just talk to them and say, Oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. So having a structure where you have people that are reliable is a, is, is very important. You can't even be, um, toyed with at all. Hmm. You know, I, I like that. Uh, oftentimes entrepreneurs, especially starting out, might think that they need to do everything on their own. It's more sometimes maybe an ego thing. Um, Maybe it's difficult to find people to help you out, but the most important thing yeah. is that you can't do it alone. You need support. You need yeah. people to help you along the way. So I like that yes, that little piece too. of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing is when when like when I started, I didn't well because you, you're starting now, you can't afford. Sometimes it's like an ego. It's, uh, it's um that you can't afford it, or you mm. don't have the people. When I started, I was doing production myself. I would do production marketing, I was a driver, I was logistics, I was client service, you wow. know, I was all of I called myself the chief slaving officer. That's <laughs> so now I'm like I'm the CSO, the chief slaving officer. Mm. Everything that needs to be done, I have to make sure that, you know, but as you go along, you meet people that are 
they're on the same page with you. They buy into your idea. They buy into your dream. And then you realize that some of these things you can let go and let them take over. Yeah. But once you start at first, there's no way you will have to do a lot of, a lot of it by yourself. Yeah. In fact, you're, Especially you're, if you're looking... growing organically, unless you're, I mean, if, you have, if you're starting up with a lot of funds and a lot of, you know, finance, mm-hmm. it's easier for you to employ, you know, people. But where you're starting as a small business from your home or, you know, wherever you are, then you'd have to be ready to take on a lot of hats, wear a lot of hats. Mm. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned something about uh, when you have financing, it makes things a little bit easier. Did you have uh, money to start out? Did you have any investments? Oh, no. (laughs) I jumped into the deep end with nothing. (laughs) Wow. Um, I started off as I said, I started off in my mom's kitchen. Mm. When I quit my job, there were there was uh, I had some setbacks after I had an accident right after I quit my job, wow. and I was I couldn't start up immediately. So um, when I was ready to start, I didn't have a lot of funds available. So I started with um, half a dozen. So I do I do fresh juices, mm. and it's mostly pineapple based. So I started with. The littlest, it was just a few bottles. Mm. That was what I could. And because there was no market, I hadn't really tested the product even. I could, it wasn't going to be an all-out type situation. So I started with um, a few bottles and drew from there. But before this, I had already done a, I'd done a, I'd made a mistake before, which is why I, I have to go back and think about this. And, um, mm-hmm. We had an event. There was this carnival in Lagos. It's called the Lagos Carnival. And then it was the first one. And I thought, oh, this is here. This might be a good market to start off and start selling diseases and making money. So my parents were out of town and I took the money that they had left for the house oh. and borrowed money from another friend hmm. to make juices for this event thinking you know we're going to make a ton of money it's a hot saturday afternoon everybody's under the sun they would want cold drinks but i didn't take into because it was my first time mm-hmm. i hadn't had any experience i didn't take a lot of things into consideration we started the production that day by the time we were done it was late afternoon and this is an event that started in the morning. Oh, wow. We got there at 4 o'clock. The event had wound down. We had about 200 bottles of juices to sell. And there was nobody to buy. Oh, we had wow. And so maybe 20, 30 bottles. And it's fresh juice. You can't keep it for too long. It'll mm-hmm. ferment. Um, we had about 100. And we had to give out some for free because there was you nobody buying. So yeah. You buy. Yeah, we'd be like, oh, if you buy, we'll keep you for free. So by the time we were done, we had about 150 bottles, 50 CL bottles to take back home. Oh, wow. Who was going to drink all of that? But mm. it, it fermented, went up. I lost the money that my parents gave us for the house. I mean, we obviously starved that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so that was, that was like a learning. It was a learning moment for me because I realized I just jumped into it without even 
testing. So when I when I was going to go out again, I started with a few bottles. Mm. I took six pineapples, made about ten bottles, took to several offices, dropped off samples, introduced myself, and then I got them feedback that oh we would like to get two bottles and we grew from there. Mm. So it's been organic, yes, everything just been growing from one level to the next. Wow. I mean, I th- I think that's a sort of a great example of how entrepreneurship works is you take a risk and sometimes that risk doesn't pay off, doesn't but what you do off. get is experience. And as they say, experience is the best teacher. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, so you've, you've talked a little bit about that being a mistake that you made in, as an entrepreneur, but I'm sure, uh, starting out, you've experienced a lot of different downs. So I want to, want you to take us to one of the lowest points that you've had as an entrepreneur. Help us to understand what you were going through at that point in time. Um, I think, um, I've had, well, a number of those, but one that stands out, um, so I had, when I started out, I was supplying corporate organizations. So they were my biggest, um, the corporate organization I supplied was the biggest source of income for me. Mm. And all of a sudden, one day I went there and we had changed the security officer and the security protocol. What I would do normally was get to the office, go into each office. It was the, uh, an office set up. So they had like, large number of staff. Mm-hmm. So when I go into the office, I, my target market is already there. It's easy for me to reach them. I would, you know, introduce the juice. And I had, so I had, I built a client base in the office. Mm. So that was my daily routine, going to the offices, sell the juices to the staff. They would actually be waiting for me. And it was a, that was my source of income at that point. So when I went in and they had changed the security protocol, I couldn't go in to the offices. I'd have to wait at the reception and have um, them come out if they were interested oh. in getting juices. But because it, it wasn't convenient for a lot of them, it, it, when I would go to the offices, even if they weren't thinking about buying juice before, because I'm there, they'll buy. But yeah. now I didn't have that access. Mm-hmm. The access was cut off. And then... Um, Sales went down. My income literally disappeared hmm. in front of me, and I couldn't keep up. So I had to close um, production, stop production. And it was the office was situated in a part of Lagos that is legendary for traffic. Hmm. I would spend two, three hours getting there, spend another maybe two, three hours leaving. The last day I went. I got home at 1 a.m. with my wow. staff. The car broke down in the middle of the road, in the middle of the night, at a place where it wasn't very safe. We had to, there was no towing vehicle. We had to sort of push the car hmm. into some compound so you'd be safe. And by the time I got home at 1 p.m., 1 a.m., my staff had to stay over at my house. Hmm. The next morning when I woke up, we calculated if we hadn't made a lot of sales. Mm. Our account was broken down. There was no extra income coming from anywhere. And at that point, I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I, I was so overwhelmed. It was such a terrible time. Mm. And I, um, so I stopped 
going. I stopped that and um, took a break for a couple of months. But when I did it, because I had other interests, I was doing food, I found a friend of mine that does um, restaurants, sets up restaurants. So mm-hmm. I worked with him for a bit. And then from there, a mentor of mine introduced me because I was also still, even when I stopped, after a while, I still, I, I talked to my mentor that this is still what I want to do. So I was still trying to resuscitate the business, trying to figure out the best way to go. So he introduced me to a friend of his that was setting up a, a supermarket. Hmm. I said, oh, I should talk to him and see how that works out. And... um I'm sorry, I digress. Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> so Keep going. I like the I train met, of thought. I, yeah. I met, I met him and I was meeting him for, I was actually meeting him for finance because he was supposed to invest in the business. But by the time we had the conversation, he said, oh, he was setting up a supermarket. He'd like me to set it up for him and manage it. And that started. And eventually, I introduced the juice to the supermarket hmm. and it became my biggest point of sale. Wow. It became a huge outlet that we were doing a hundred, a hundred and fifty bottles a day hmm. when we started. Wow! And this was this was this was about um, four years after I started. Hmm. Yeah, about three, four years after I started. So I'd had like ups and downs and ups and downs, and at this point, I was like, if I don't get a major breakthrough. I would have to think of something else to do. Yeah. And then when this came through, so I realized I, I wasn't going to do corporate organizations anymore. It, it opened my eyes because I worked with him and set up the supermarket. It opened my eyes to a different aspect of the juice business. So what I was doing was retail. And then I understood that it would be easier and better for me to do wholesale um, marketing. Hmm. So I would tell to retailers and they'll retail rather than me going to offices or going to yeah. individuals to sell individual bottles what we decided to do then was wholesale it to supermarkets and coffee shops and bakeries and you know outlets that would retail it to their own customers which reduced a lot of logistics and a lot of other things at my own end yeah wow and so how many locations uh, can your juice be found at the moment we're at about Five locations. Wow. Yeah, across Lagos. But um, we're a bit restricted because it's fresh juice. And then, so a lot of people, in the last year, because I was um, pregnant, I couldn't do a lot of, as much marketing as I would have loved to. Yeah. But I, I reckon by, um, now that I can get back into the market, we will do more and then there's also the certification a lot of stores ask for which we're in the process of getting so once we get the certification completed we'll be able to put in a lot more stores okay yeah and and what's that certification oh um NASDAQ it's um this Nigerian it's for food and drugs so if you make any food item or drug item, you have to get like a certification from from them to okay. tell the public that yes, this is um, a good product. They've been certified. They're operating under the best hygienic standards and mm-hmm. all of that. 
Okay. And do you have, are you still operating out of a kitchen or do you have a designated area where you oh, make no. your juices? Oh, no. <laughs> we've we've um, moved. So we moved out of my mom's kitchen a couple of years ago. Mm. <clears throat> we got to the factory space um, and set up uh, proper, we got machinery. Um, uh. Even getting machinery here was, was another challenge. Mm. I done three different sets. I got in a guy to do machinery and before he could set up the factory, he passed away. Oh. So I had all of that. I still have all of that at my mom's where I was um, at my mom's because there's, the way it, it, as an entrepreneur in Nigeria, you have to innovate. I had to design sort of the machinery to do my juicing. Mm. I looked online and I couldn't afford to import hmm. machinery. So I, um, we have this um, institute of research here in Nigeria and I'd gone to them to get an engineer to find out how I could get machinery. So they referred me to someone who builds machinery for factories here in Nigeria. And I spoke to him. So he gave me um, a breakdown. And I, I said, oh, this is what I do. How are we going to, you know, do something that will work for me so I had to sit down and we had to do like a, a, a really a design for the process because we had to build the machinery based on my juicing process. Oh, wow. So we did that. And by the time he, we had done and he had just put, he had just um, delivered the, the machinery, the equipment to my house. He was supposed to come and set up the next week. He passed off over the weekend mm. and there was nobody he didn't have any understudy there was nobody that could do could set it up or do anything with it i got another engineer to come and look at it they couldn't do anything with it so i had to look for someone else and do another set of machinery mm. that i used to set up in the new factory well we do have a we have a standard factory now oh wow it's not bigger it's bigger space better space yeah well, I think, th I mean, that's, that's sort of a great lesson for anyone who's listening is that sometimes there might not be a way money might be standing in your way of getting to the point that you want to be at. But it's not to say that you won't get to that point, but it's what can you do now to get you prepared for that point? Yeah. And so you've, you've mentioned a little bit about the downtime and how you overcame it, uh, but I want to go to a moment where, I mean, you were just feeling like you were on cloud nine, a moment that you felt this is exactly where I need to be. This is exactly what I need to be doing. I think that happens to me every time I get a new client mm. and I see the look of satisfaction and joy they get from drinking a bottle of our juice. Mm. That really never gets old. The fact that some, you make a product that satisfies someone so much you can literally see it on their face it it is everything hmm. to me you it, when we were speaking initially you said you have always felt very entrepreneurial a lot of people are doing things in the tech space so what uh pushed you into more of the agriculture healthy living side of things i like food <laughs> <laughs> that's a long short of it I like food a lot and then growing up um, 
my mom, growing up, my mom used to make a lot of juices. So I actually didn't even invent the wheel. Mm. My mom used to make juices growing up with food. She was very health conscious and all of that. So I thought, if I'm enjoying these juices so much, I might as well try it and see how other people will receive it. Mm. And it was, and I like, I, I started, as I said, I started cooking. It was, it, it was supposed to be a full food service. You get your meals, you get the juice and mm. all of that. No, basically, it was, it's my passion, really. It's what I like to do. If I'm sitting down and thinking about food or I'm thinking I, my mind is somewhere around food and mm. all of that. So that's basically how I got into agri-processing okay. okay I mean I, that's really great that you're able to f- figure out what you like I mean a lot of people like food but they can't necessarily build a business around that but I think it's around it yeah, yeah. yeah. what you've been able to I, do I, is because I, I saw an opportunity at that point when I started not a lot of people were doing juices I mean I, I still had to break it down to a lot of people like why I would, you know, juice a fruit and come and sell it to them. Mm. It was it was still very in its infancy stage here in Nigeria. So um, I saw the need. I knew there were people like me because at work I wanted I wanted a certain service and I wasn't getting it. And I figured there are other people like me that would want this service mm. and they're not getting it. And since it's something I like, why don't I make money off it? Yeah. That was really the thing. Hmm. And it's, it's funny. Sometimes a lot of people overcomplicate what it means to start a business, but you boiled it down into yeah. very basic steps and you took action. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard when you start to overthink it. You don't have to have all your cards in place or know exactly how and how this is going to work, where you're going to get to. But once you start, things start to fall in place. You start to, you see the next step and then you get an opportunity here and opening comes up there and you're in the right place at the right time because yeah. you're already doing something. Nice. Yeah. And well, with, with that, we're going to enter the rapid fire round. Uh, are you ready? Okay. All right. I'll try. <laughs> All right. What do you think was stopping you initially from taking the step to be an entrepreneur? Um, fear. Mm. Mm. Fear is the biggest thing. The fear that it would not work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when did you stop looking at your business as a project and more as an actual business? I don't think I ever looked at it as a project. Mm. Because I had to quit a job where I was well paid to start it. So for me, it was it wasn't a project. It was this is where your food is going to come from. So you mm. need to do your best to make it work. Yeah, I didn't have any other options. There was no. There, it was my plan A, B, C, D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm. And what would you say is your superpower as an entrepreneur? Oh, perseverance. Mm. I can persevere for Africa. <laughs> I will be here. <laughs> I will stay here till it works. Yeah. So you're a perseverance patient. You actually need it here. You need it in business. 
because a lot of things will go off plan. You get a lot of curveballs and all that. You just need to be able to stay and do what you need to do to get where you're going. Hmm. And what quality do you think you can improve on most as an entrepreneur? Um, because of um, the experiences I've had, I, I don't take a lot of risks. I played very safe, very safe. And then I tend to procrastinate a lot. Like, oh, okay, we'll do this later when I can do it now. Mm. So I'd really like to work on that, be more open to change and exploring other options, taking risks. Okay. Um, What's the best advice you've ever received and who is it from? Um, Be the best at what you can be. Whatever you're doing, do it well. If you're going to sell water, be the best water seller there is. Because as you do that, you get better at it. You don't, it don't let you stagnate. You want to do it. You want to be the best at it. So if you think you're lagging behind, you will pick up your game. You keep trying, keep learning. Mm-hmm. So basically, it is always strive to be the best you can be. Nice. Uh, and uh, what are you reading right now? At the moment, I'm reading Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Mm. Can you say that yeah. one more time? It's, it, it's kind of Eat That Frog. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. It talks, it, it push, it's a time management, um, sort of book because there are a lot of, a lot of times we have so many things we want to do and push some things aside, procrastinate and all of that. I'm a big procrastinator. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it talks about how to manage time and okay. get the best out of yeah, your day, basically. Nice. Be more productive. Yeah. Mm. What is uh, one internet resource or application that you couldn't live without? Um, I'm not a very techy person, but I like Pocket. Hmm. It's an app that gives you um, access to articles across all sorts of topics. It talks about everything and anything, and you can save. You don't have to read really it. If I if I go online, for instance, and I see if I randomly go online. And then see, <laughs> sorry. Oh, you're fine. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. If I see an article online and I want to save it for later, I can always put it in my pocket um, folder and then go back to read it. So it's very helpful for me. Mm. And then you get daily articles, daily topics that you can go through and decide what you want to read. I like to read a lot. Okay. So that helps. Good. And to close out the rapid fire round, do you feel like you've made it yet? Absolutely not. I'm not even close. <laughs> I'm not even close. Um, I think I feel like I'm. I actually feel like I'm just starting. I know I, I, I've done this for eight years, but I feel like I'm still just starting. There's still so much out there. There's still so much growth, so much potential, so many things I need to do. So, not not yet. Mm. Hmm. All right. Well, that that f- concludes the rapid fire round. I think that was uh, that was good. You gave some very uh, pointed answers to us. And 
so as we sort of cool down, uh, you mentioned a book, Eat That Frog. Uh, but what is one book that you would recommend to all the Bandit listeners? Smart Money Woman. It's a book by a Nigerian, um, Arese Ogu. Mm. I'm I'm a woman, so <laughs> I, yeah. I I push a lot of yeah feminine um nice stuff because a lot of women are not financially prudent. Mm. I I'm only just becoming. We'll rather spend money on things that don't add a lot of value in the long run. We're not interested in investments and in um long term goals. We tend to leave that to the men. Mm. In Africa, that's what happens. We tend to leave that to the men. So it talks about self-evaluation, knowing what you're worth financially, making plans, investing, how to get optimum use from your income mm-hmm. and things like It's a really good book. And it's not, it's not a hard read. It's more like it's, it's fiction with a lot of um, lessons in it. Okay. Yeah, nice. Uh, and for anyone who's listening, uh, if you go on to um, Igwambe's page on the Knowledge Bandits website, you'll be able to find that book. You'll be able to find what she recommended, the internet application that she recommended to you. All right. And so we want to talk a little bit about mentorship. I know you mentioned a little bit about going to your mentor earlier on, but um, what would you say is the general value that you receive from mentorship? Um, connections. Yeah. Connections that you will not have access to, especially where it's the seasoned, experienced um, mentor you have. You have access to a network that would otherwise be close to you. You also get very sound advice when you're in difficult situations on what to do and how to move forward. Yeah. But I think the most important thing is connections because there, there are things money will not do. There are things you need someone to show you the way. Yeah. And basically, that's what a mentor will do. Hmm. Nice. Like I said, the, the breakthrough I had when I got the store that um, pushed our sales and gave me a different light and a different perspective in the business was through the mentor. He introduced me to the person that led to all of that. If I didn't have him, I would not have had that access. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so what advice would you give to some people out there who are listening, who are maybe afraid to take that next step into entrepreneurship? I'm going to use the Nike slogan. It's three words. Just do it. <laughs> That's all it is. You need to just... The worst that can happen is that it will not work. That Mm. is the worst that can happen. And when it doesn't work, you might, in that situation, find something else or find another way that will work. But you need to... If you don't do it, if you don't try, you will never know. Yeah. So you need to... Forget all the hindrances and everything is standing in your way. Stop all the excuses because at the end of the day, they're excuses. Mm. If you really want to get it done, just do it. Mm. Fast as, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be major. It can be as small as, as a few bottles, a few, a small space. 
He yeah. doesn't have to be big, yes. Mm. A lot of us want to start out and we want to start out large and big, making a lot of noise, you know, cutting ribbons and all of that. But we can't all do that. We can't we don't all have the capacity to do that. So yeah. in your own space, in your own capability, do what you can do and from there you grow. Mm. And you know, just to add on to that, I had an auntie back in the day. She's uh, no longer with us, but she would always say, Do what you can and leave what you don't can. <laughs> so that's a good one, yeah. That's yeah. that's what it is. Mm. Don't look at what you can't do and all of the other. Just the one you can do. Yeah, I I don't ask ev- everyone this question, but it seems so oh. perfect to ask you right now. Is that um, being an entrepreneur in Nigeria? My sister is living in Nigeria, and she tells me. Um, how difficult it can be for women sometimes. So how do you navigate that space of being a business owner in Nigeria, which uh, brings its own challenges, but also being a woman and in, 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 in a business owner? Um, and like, you have to learn to be firm. You hmm. have to learn to be very firm because a lot of times people will take you for granted because you're a woman. Hmm. They would want to take advantage of the situation because they feel that you're a woman. So you need to stand your ground and be firm. Mm. You have to be firm. Yeah. In your dealings, in your transactions, you have to be very firm. Yeah. And does that get difficult at times? It does. There are situations where um, you find yourself that you can't really do anything because you're a woman as I said you, the support you have comes into play so if you're if you're if you're in a, in a corner for instance and you can't do anything you'd have to reach out mm. to family to friends and get them to help you but yeah. I think Nigeria is not it, it's it's a two-sided coin. There are a lot of, in the corporate world, women have a lot of, a lot of, um, incentives. In the last couple of years, yeah. they've built a lot of incentives for women. It's still, it's still a challenge getting them and all of that because you're a woman. But once you, um, have your plan together, there is access to, that I, I, I got a grant from the government um, um, a couple of years ago when, when we just started. It was one of the the first two years was one of the things that boosted my confidence. Also, it wasn't it wasn't um, strictly for women at the time. It was open to everybody, but they've made provision now for grants and things that are specifically for women. Mm. Um, so, so you need to be informed so that you have access. Another thing is being informed so that you have access to opportunities that are going to push your business and push you further. Okay, nice. And uh, so, as we close out, unfortunately, we're we're reaching the end. But uh, I'd like to ask if people want to get a taste of the juice if people want to visit you um and or if people just want more information how might they be able to contact you 
um, where I've been, we have a Instagram account. Okay. I will be honest. I have, we haven't been very active on there, but we're going to, it's um, one of the things we're doing is here to be very active online. We haven't been active. We've more, we've been pushing more, um, We've been pushing more in the in the market than online, but yeah. online the online market is booming these days. So we want to get on that too. We okay. can also you can also send us an email, um, send us an email, a text message, or a WhatsApp message, and place an order. We also have several outlets in Lagos. We have in Bragada, we have in Meki, we have some in Di, we have um, in Ugudu. So across Lagos, where we have a number of stores that you can walk in and just buy. Okay. And for those people that are listening, we're going to put all of that information up on our website, whether it's uh, how to email, how to send a WhatsApp message, where to go to actually get the juice itself when you're in Lagos. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Wombe, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to speak with you. You're very entertaining, very funny. This was uh great way for me it's the morning so it's a great way to start my morning <laughs> i appreciate your Thank time you. i'm sure the bandits do as well so um before you say goodbye can you leave us with just one more parting piece of uh guidance thank you for the opportunity i really had a good time talking with you yeah. i'll say um take it a day at a time evolve as you go along but take it a day at a time it's easy for you. It's easy for us to make our plans, a five-year plan, a two-year plan, a two-year plan. But the day-to-day running, uh, your day-to-day activities, has to you have to do that consistently for your plan to come true. Mm. So I always say, take it a day at a time. Wow, very pointed, very straight to the point advice. I appreciate that. Well, it, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, stay inspired. Hey, if you're still there, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Handle is Knowledge Bandits everywhere. We have closed sessions lined up with some of the entrepreneurs that we've already interviewed. So if you have questions that weren't answered during the show, you'll have a chance to connect with them during these closed sessions. Just go to the Knowledge Bandits website at knowledgebandits.com and sign up for the newsletter on the contact page. If you or someone you know has a business, we'd love to share your story with the Knowledge Bandits community. Just send an email to interview at knowledgebandits.com. If you have a question for me or you want to connect with any of the guests so far, send an email to me personally at arum at knowledgebandits.com. 